Hey guys, welcome to episode 226 of the podcast with Hennessy. And I wanted to just uh, explain the reason why this is a little bit delayed, not that anyone cares. Probably most of you weren't um, waking up in the morning perkily staring at your phone, wondering why the episode hadn't downloaded yet like I did with Serial Season 1. Um, but uh, I had I spoke a little bit about my cousin Julian in this episode, and I wanted to just make sure to get Julian's okay. Uh, I didn't want to put any information out into the world at, and tell his story if he wasn't comfortable with it, but he was totally fine with it. So it just took me a little while to hear back from him, and uh, we are putting this episode out today. Uh, I loved this episode. I It's very long. I talked for a very long time with Hennessy. I want to thank Hennessy and anybody who thinks I talk too much on this episode for uh, bearing with me, but that is a, a measure of true uh, JV enthusiasm when I can't keep my mouth shut during an episode and let a, a guest get a word in edgewise. Um, I recorded it in uh, New York, and, uh, and it is... Uh, companion piece you could say to Chemda's episode from the Keith and the Girl podcast and as you know we recently talked about her in an intro um, because she has been going through some medical stuff and I just want to say she is a total warrior and an amazing person so if you can give her support in any kind of way emotional or otherwise I strongly advise you to do that um, if you're listening to this episode and you're a fan of Hennessy and Chemda's and you have not heard my episode with my cousin Julian I think this would be a wonderful opportunity to listen to that I bet you'll like it. Uh, I have a very aggressive uh, husky who is pushing her face against me for getting petted right now. This is the sound of her uh, collar jingling. Um, Okay, so listen, that's what I wanted to put out there. Uh, Whitley, just let me get through this intro, please. A couple other things I wanted to let you know about. I want to thank everybody who uh, gave their enthusiastic support of the announcement that Stand Against Evil got a second season. I'm so excited for those of you who have been watching. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's going to be really, really fun. Um, I want to thank, uh, again, all the participants. We actually had a ton of people participate in the JV Gift Club. Thank you, Chris Royce and Tiana, for coming up with that. And I can't wait to hear, I want to hear from all of you about what books you got from your fellow uh, janitor. I can't wait. I'm very excited about the ones I picked out for the person who's getting them from me. So can't wait. Um, And I want to say anybody who has a last minute plan to come to LA, we still I think have a few tickets left for the Thrilling Adventure Hour show, the Work Juice show that we're doing at the Ace Hotel downtown on Saturday. I keep forgetting to tell people I'll be doing a con, a Comic Con in Portland, Oregon uh, on New Year's, right around then. And I think that's it. So please enjoy this episode. Uh, Sorry for the delay again. And I will talk to you guys soon. Now entering... Nerdist.com Um, I am already recording. Oh my it was goodness! Just that fast. All right, it was just that fast. Cool. Uh, welcome. Thank you. I enjoy your sweat, uh, your sweater very much. Thank you you went straight from- into Christmas mode. Yeah. Oh, one's grumpy and one has a heart on. Yeah. Got it. Well, one stole the other one's. Uh, no, it's and two turned snowmen. it into a penis. Okay. And yeah, that's great. It's indicative of my life. It's great. It's great <laughs> because carrots, everybody. Yeah, yeah. 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 Carrots. I love them. Fantastic. They're my favorite. They're my Fantastic. Favorite vegetable. Uh, okay. I'll, I'm going to give a tiny bit of history although I don't think this will um, 
shock and surprise anybody who is a regular listener of the podcast. But um, uh, this is a uh, long anticipated episode for me only because I podcast your beautiful wife like nigh on a couple of years ago, maybe. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. Still one of my favorite um, like shows she's ever been on. Oh, that's nice to hear. Yeah. I, lo- I just listened you. to it again. How's she doing? She's doing great. She, she just uh, recovered from an operation. She had a football-sized tumor between her heart and lung. She did. And, I talked uh, about it a little bit on the podcast and okay. put the and, and threw the link out there Thank for people. You so much. Yeah, yeah, Thank yeah. You. Um, football-sized. Really appreciate your help. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's really. Out. It's been about two months since her surgery, and um, she's doing really great. And so for, it started. And I uh, not to make you tell her story, but on the off chance that I don't get to see her, just because you guys are. Semi far away, and I don't think she records tomorrow. And she I might. Well, would I mean for you? Yeah, we'll see if we can work it out. But I'm asking just in case. Oh, please, because you're the closest thing to it story wise right now. Mm-hmm. I didn't get into it in uh, detail when I threw the link out there and told people that um, she was ill. But I sent everyone to the, the link website. Had all the details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it had, but uh, now that you're here. And you drop the football sized tumor bomb. Mm. So she was, it started out that she was just having trouble breathing, right? Yeah. She was like, I wonder what's going on here. She was wheezing a little bit, and we had been to the emergency room before. Uh, They gave her a nebulizer, and she felt better, so we went home. So six months later, she's wheezing again. She goes into the emergency room, and they do a chest scan and find it. And basically, uh, her thymus, everyone has a thymus, and it's a little, um, it's kind of like a nodule that protects your organs while your bones are still forming and by the time you're 18 uh it's like a breastplate you know mm-hmm. by the time you're 18 it kind of uh retards mm-hmm. and just sort of shrivels away and like stops mm-hmm. but in a, one in a million people it it continues to grow and multiply cells wow. and so it just kept continued you know continued to grow you know she was 18 yeah. 19 20 21 you know until yeah. she's like 40 now and, and it just grew and grew and grew until this moment <laughs> she had no idea that is okay. Now nuts, but let's it's just nuts, say <laughs> let's just say this for a second. She is now the person that anybody, and I think many people are like this. Think I don't want to overreact when I feel a certain way because the chances that it's something rare, or the chances that it's something crazy, or the ch- you know what I mean. Like I know for me, whenever I have a symptom. My part of my the anxiety part of my brain wants to go into hypochondria, like wants to be like, Mm -hmm. this is the beginning of the end. Um, And then the part of me that has a panic disorder that's trying to combat the panic disorder is like, hey, it's never anything. Even if it's something, you'll deal with it. But it's probably not anything. Yeah. Now, you guys have been on the other side of like, well, you know what? It is big. It's a. It's literally big, and it's fi- emotionally and figuratively big. And we're gonna fucking deal with it. And I you mean, did deal with it. You and I have so many similar neuroses. I feel like mm-hmm. I identify with you know talking your subconscious down like a lot. You know, um, and or talking yourself. You know, you, you, you the little you that's inside of you, whatever. Exactly you know? right. Yep. And um, I did that a lot. Maybe <laughs> I try not to do it too much, you know, not to be like, oh, well, everything's going to be okay because I want it to be realistic. Yeah. But I did do a lot of research. And, you know, each time we got a piece of bad news, 
you know, it happened to be like the best of the worst news. So that's just what I tried to focus on, you know. And I also know that energy and vibrations and things are a real thing. And um, you can put things out that, you know, will help heal or that will hinder healing. Right. You know, so I was just trying to put out, you know, as much honest, positive hope as I could. Yeah. But the hardest part was definitely like the months in between the different pieces of news that we would get, you know, yeah. uh, just like first it's a mass, then it's the size of a grapefruit, then it's the size of a this, then it's the size of a football, then she might have to get chemo and radiation and then like, oh, we won't know till after the surgery and like, then we can't mm. do non-invasive surgery. We have to do open heart, you know, and like just like yeah. thing after thing after thing was torture but i feel like you know the couple weeks we were in the hospital and then like the eight weeks afterward at home were so easy compared to everything beforehand yeah once you have a plan of action even if it's a terrifying one i would imagine that that feels like a forward moving thing instead of a waiting wondering thing definitely yeah definitely yeah because you're trying to live your life you know we're like going camping with buddies and we're you know there's this like looming you know yeah. tumor <laughs> yeah over it. did you did you and i have another question that i want to try hopefully remember i'm sticking on the back burner for a second that it pertains to you and the idea of kind of having that understanding of energy and and positivity and that kind of thing but um i hope you don't mind that i'm just going there with all of this because I like it. i was very uh i've been thinking about it ever since i found out um it was really upsetting to me like it's and it's not i'm not close to you guys i don't know you know kind of other than like the experience that i had with her but i she really left a, an impression on me and you know i wish you guys so, well and we are all you know i feel We're like very connected boat. and yeah, yeah here, and i here. and so i i just was like I was real. I mean, listen. Now I'm making it about me, but I, I was really upset about it, and it just I was crying about it, and I just, I just thought I, you know, it's the whole thing of like, uh, it, 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 I just, I just couldn't, I just was really struggling with it, and um, uh, and my biggest thing is like because I have such a relationship to like fear or panic or anxiety like sort of understanding dread i think is maybe my least favorite word like i'd rather have fear or panic the word dread Ugh, implies fuck. that you are afraid but you know the outcome and it's bad do you know what i'm saying dread yeah. is like i know where this is going how am i going to survive knowing that and it's that so that's my word least favorite too. word and so I'm, I don't want, and so the, and so that is like what I, I, it's not that I thought, oh, we're going to lose her or you're going to lose, or, you know, it was not, it was not like I thought it was going that way. It was, oh God, I don't want them to feel that. And I don't want them to feel fear because I, there are very empath. few people. Yeah. There are very few people I can, exactly. And there are very few people I can think of in the world, even the worst people where I would comfortably inject fear into them as like a tort you know what i mean it, yeah. i would re I really have to think someone's a horrible human being to think they deserve to feel fear that's just like something i really Ditto. wouldn't want to put on anyone you know yeah so that i just kept thinking like i just don't want them to feel that like i because i felt that whether i was supposed to because i had a real reason or whether i wasn't supposed to 
it's just awful. So I, I just, I, I just was feeling for you guys and just hoping that because you had this, you know, community of support and because you love each other so much and all of those wonderful things being in place that there was something pushing you past that. But also hoping, I think, too, like, well, when it's real, maybe it's not the same as when you're imagining it could be real. <laughs> I don't know. It's like this whole, totally, speaking yeah, of yeah, conversations, yeah. you're like totally just going like 80 different directions. Every possible outcome. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm same, same here, you know, and... It's not that I thought that we were going to lose her either, but that's always a possibility. And, like, you, you, it's, like, it, you just, the realization of, you know, it's very cliche, but the, you know, humanity and, like, the frailty of our, us. Our tissue, our bones, yeah. our, yeah. And, um, you know, Joan Rivers died getting a facelift. Like, you know, anything could happen sort of thing. Yeah. And this is a one in a million. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there were a lot of fears surrounding us. And uh, maybe I didn't let myself slip into the dread for too long, but I definitely had contact with it. But I mean, I wonder if you can't, I wonder if that, we I can't live in that the, place too long. Like, maybe that's the kind mm. of upside of humanity is like, maybe you can only sit in that place for a while. And then it's like, I can't. I can't like I won't I'm not phys- it's almost like you can't be nauseous for the rest of your life like your body can't do it maybe right. there's just a part of your or body you and brain that's like yeah I got yeah we're gonna like no we, we we lived in that for a little bit we gotta check out of that for a while and sort of be numb or be hopeful or be this or be that exactly and I feel like um like as oh, see I'm gonna just sound cliche all over the place but like as artists no, I feel I like as though we can uh, really indulge in that place sometimes you know in, in those kind of negative spaces and um, it's super easy for us to go into that place of conflict you know mm-hmm. uh, and I am aware of that so a big part of my you know my other side is telling myself you know like okay you've had enough time here like time to go yeah because you'll stay too long yeah 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 Mm -hmm. so that so that that's great because that actually takes me back to um the idea of uh understanding and sensing uh that there's a way of dealing with things that is um perhaps more literally beneficial to the energy of your environment than to be kind of negative about it and feeling like you can see that impact. Is that something that has come to you as an adult or is that something that you felt like you've kind of always been aware of? Do you know what I mean? As much as a teenager can be aware of something like that, but mm, I've definitely um, always had a heightened frequency. Um, I've had an awareness of, I guess like people and timing and things, you know, uh, and like an understanding beyond, even as a kid, you know, beyond other kids, uh, of, of people and, and, um, fuck, what was the question? (laughs) I think it was when you were like, uh, oh, 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 energy. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, I feel like that's a part of it. You know, I'm just sensitive to energies and I, I've always have been and you know, I, I also take can take uh, other people's emotions and even personality traits upon myself, you know, from person to person. And uh, it's like shape-shifting, you know. Sometimes mm-hmm. I got to really learn to hang on to myself, you know. 
not in acting. I don't become the role and forget myself. <laughs> um, I blacked out that whole shoot, but I did brilliant work. Job. Yeah. Oh, that's so annoying. To me. <laughs> uh, but. These but, guys know I have a lot of apologetic feelings about being an actor. Right? So I like oh, bury so a lot funny. of like, I really feel like I apologize, especially when I first moved to L.A. I was so, so I would like refuse to acknowledge. And it's still even still. In. Because absolutely. <laughs> and when people and like, I was like, there's too much of a there's too many things that could mean. There's too many versions of what a person saying that they're an actor are like. And like, I, that sucks because there's instead too many of allowances, there's too many allowances. But instead of embracing that and supporting people who have the same dreams that I did, I sort of, you know, I, I think I was like, I, I'm very insistent on sort of like, whatever you think when I say that word, I want you to see me for me. Do you right, know what I mean? Right, right, right. Which, not, but that's, there's something like inherently dismissive. Kid, exactly. You know? But there's something inherently judgmental and dismissive about saying, oh, no, no, I, mm, I'm i different. You know what I mean? So I struggle with that still, I think. Yeah. And I feel some shame about it on both sides. Like I feel shame that I don't acknowledge it and embrace it. And I feel shame that I do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, me too. <laughs> and you always wanted to be, uh, were you always a, a performer type? Yeah, yeah, I was always a storyteller. And um, it just, yeah, I was doing it before I knew it was a thing to do, I guess, you know? Yeah. Did you... Uh, I think it's part of being sort of an empath type person. Where did it's you like, grow up, by the way? I could have, yeah. you know, become a therapist or I mm-hmm. could have done something, you know, but the... I'm really able to understand where people come from. And so I guess I channeled it into acting instead of mm-hmm. something else. I feel the same way. Yeah. I feel the same way. Uh, where, where were you? Yeah, because where were you're you a, a fucking teen? real actor. Because you're not an actor. You're mm-hmm. just a storyteller. Like I like the word storyteller very much. Because mm-hmm. yeah. that actually encompasses so much more. Than, yeah. It's like you could be a journalist and be a storyteller. You can be an editor or be a storyteller. You could be, you know. Yeah. And it's it's who you are and who you're born as and you can tell in people's work and you can tell in people um and that also sounds very cliche but whatever i'm going to apologize for everything but uh it yeah you're either born with it and it's a double-edged sword or you know you're not and you're an actor (laughs) I (laughs) i don't know how else to put it yeah yeah uh i'm sorry i'm asking you for the third time because i keep like asking you in the middle of something profound that you're saying oh but fuck. where, no, where, where did you grow up oh i grew up in hawaii oh i didn't know that yeah I grew or maybe up, i didn't i've forgotten i grew up in a real local hawaiian town on maui do you get to do, do eh. uh my dad speaks german but he does he and he has this very i mean i can't emphasize enough that his porsche is like a used Porsche from like the 90s that he oh, the best shares kind. with his friend because my I don't come from like there's no money so even being able to say my dad has a Porsche makes me laugh really hard because it's <laughs> like say you know what I mean it just doesn't those two things don't make any sense to each other mm-hmm. um, but uh, but he and his one of his best friends from college um, who don't even live in the same city co-own a used Porsche That's that so they rad. drive to each other he's in Nevada my dad will drive to Nevada drop off the Porsche and draw and fly home. See, it's guys adorable. guys need a reason to be intimate. That's they absolutely need a reason true. like sports each other. or a car yeah. or otherwise it's kind of gay. Yeah. So but, but now, also, and so like driving across dad, yeah. the state yeah. and see someone isn't, isn't gay if it's for a car. <laughs> My dad's pretty cool about that. I'm trying to think like that also because that's the other <sighs> thing is everything I just said 
could make my dad sound like the guy who wouldn't like cry and hold his friend in an embrace but like he's very he's a weirdo that is not what i get from that he's like he's funny because he's in some ways he's very masculine in some ways he's more like i have one of those situations where like my dad was more of a mother than my mom was kind of thing so he's the one that like i would share a kleenex box with watching meryl streep movies and stuff that's cool um and he's a teacher and a writer, so he has like he's very artistic in that way. But uh, I think, but that's at the same so time, sweet. he is the guy who shares like who drives and goes and you know shares his Porsche with. That's beautiful. His buddy. Yeah, it's pretty great. I would do that. I would do that. It's with good. My, I could it's see good, myself right? doing that with my buddy Jesse. Like, yeah. So like, well, this and then is what I'll I was get the car say. and then I'll drive it to you and then you can have the car. Yeah, you know, it's we'll great. It's great. We'll see, that's how we'll see it's each other. Really adorable. It for sure is adorable. I know. It makes me feel like. Do I want to do that? I mean, not right now, but yeah. Uh, but anyway, so dizzy. we'll get a car. The longest segue in the history of segues, but he. So okay, so he speaks. So he speaks German, but he calls it a Porsche. She's like, it's not Porsche. That's how German people say it because it's like there's a little drop Schwa. off on the end, yeah. exactly. Porsche. But as an American, I don't say that. However, he says Hawaii because he spent a ton of time there. It's his favorite place in the world, and he pronounces it correctly, but. That takes us into the no. You're from there, so you really get it. You know how people like like when I pronounce something right, quote unquote right, if I know how to. Um, sometimes I'm shamed for that, and so then I drop back into like, oh well, everyone says Hawaii, so I say Hawaii, and then if I'm not thinking about it, I'll say Hawaii because that's what my dad's always said, and that's what you hear people from Hawaii say. It, but like say, in my it, mind, I'm like people. But people tease you. Do you know what I'm saying? Like no. if you say, at least tease you, right? People not yeah. from Hawaii tease you. Yeah. Okay. Well, they're not from Hawaii. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean though. It's like I I live in Astoria. It's I'm, like if I order, I'm like if I'm at a Mexican restaurant and the person that is taking my order is speaks, you could tell their English second language. Like I, I grew up speaking Spanish when I was first through sixth grade. I'll say taco. I won't yeah. say t- I'll have a taco. Right. But I probably would say that if a Don't, white person yeah. who says it back to me says, do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Speaking of being like a chameleon, right? You sort of go, well, I'm going to adapt to these circumstances. But then sometimes that makes me feel like, oh, maybe they're laughing at me because... Or people I'm, will point you know, it out. Like, uh, yeah. I'm saying arroz con pollo instead <laughs> of saying that out. like rice with chicken. But it's like, but I'm in the environment where I feel like it's appropriate for me to say that. Uh, yeah. I guess I, I'm more insecure I than like, I realized until right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would care that much. Me too. About no, what people I am think. like, yeah, no, copy paste on that. So you're from Hawaii. You're mm-hmm. from a small mm-hmm. community uh, near Maui. Yeah, on Maui. On Maui, sorry. Yeah. Uh, tell me everything. Okay, so tell um, me about your family size and why you were there. Uh, well, I oh well, I, I was born in Anaheim, California, mm-hmm. and let's see, I was there. Beautiful was cultural seven. Anaheim, yeah, beautiful cultural Anaheim, D- Disneyland, Mickey absolutely, hundred um, percent. Yeah, I remember I had a season. Pa- my mom got a season passes to Disneyland, and like I memorized the park. It was oh, hell's the yeah, the best, yeah. Uh, then when I was about seven, we moved to Hawaii because uh, there was a huge financial crash um, that started in the late 80s and kind of like went into the early 90s, you know. Uh, and um, my dad was in Croatia at the time working on uh, a, a computer game, basically, with his partner. Um, mm. And he was there for like six months 
um, while everything was continued to crash, you know, uh, my mom started sending out job resumes. I know this is bo- this is the boring part, but I have ADD, so I have to like climb it's not a ladder. Boring. To get- I'm already fascinated. Oh, Croatia no, video great. game. You had me. Okay, awesome. Um, yeah, Zagreb. So uh, my mom is sending out his resumes to every job in the LA Times posting, you know, and um, like hundreds got to be. And, you know, my dad is minister and he had a church for a while. And uh, the thing is that he's um, the kind of minister that doesn't like make money from it. You know, like he actually uses it to pay rent and to give to charities and things like that. And and then uh, whatever is left, you know, my mom works and she always has and whatever is left, you know, he helps pay for the family. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that didn't last, you know. um, How did he get from video game to minister or were those both things concurrent? Uh, oh, he's a he's he's a nerd from way back. Like he's like an OG nerd. Like had the first computer was on. I was online before anyone was online. Mm. Like I was in the first chat room when there were two chat rooms. Do you, you watch Halt I mean? and Catch Fire? No, dude, you're the second person to bring you gotta that up. Get on. I'm telling you, okay, I love that show so much, and I don't. I'm not from that world at all. Maybe it wouldn't be as fun if to be from that world, but I, it's really great because it's not. It's just like very, it's not cheeky about, you know what I mean? Like some stuff, and it's and some stuff super fun to see in the late 70s, early 80s, early 90s, that's cheeky and kind of about that time period, but not on like Stranger Things. It's set mm. there, but it is like not concerned with the fact that it's set there. It's like, yeah, 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 this is the context. You're not going to, we're not going to like be playing with a Rubik's Cube and have like right, a, right, right. a half hour be about the it's Rubik's Cube. It's not a period piece. Yeah. But, um, but obviously it's also impossible not to sort of have a wink at that when they're talking about, you know, Steve Jobs or whatever. And you sort of, of course, you're looking backwards as a person who has the information. So of course you're going to be like, oh, how cute. They don't think blah, blah, blah is going to go anywhere. Right, right, right. But at the right. same time, these are the pioneers think one gigabyte of, is yeah, huge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they are the, but, but, and the acting is great, but I have, I would love I'm, for you to watch it. I am going to. Yeah, and also the women roles sure. are like great. And the second awesome. season they're very very uh central to the first season but the second season really becomes about like oh by the way the people who can keep it together and dream and run the show are the two female leads so it's really interesting yeah obviously uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, so it's accurate that's good yeah, yeah exactly okay so so uh, old school and then ministry christian ministry yep yep and um what's is there a specific denomination non-denominational like, yeah christian uh siblings you have siblings yeah i got three older brothers and uh we grew up together well they're half brothers so they would run away a lot and like go to their moms in uh new mexico and then who just passed away uh and then would come back to california and she'd like it was strange Hmm. they were in and out of my life uh all through my childhood um which was like normal to me at the time but my therapist thinks that it did more things than i thought it might have so yeah still th- that's what happens that. to so many of us right is it yeah. and that's what happens a lot on this podcast too is i constantly return to this refrain of isn't it amazing how normal is so different for people as young people like normal yeah. is normal that's all that's what you got and yeah. then you don't know until you're in your 20s that, that yeah, it's when you start completely talking about not shit. yeah what people are used to <laughs> yeah people are like what and uh so my oh uh, the one how much person, older uh, were they? Oh uh, my my uh, the youngest and one how is close nine are they years older. Oh yeah, okay. And then the the one is and then two years older and then two years older. Okay. 
It's interesting uh, that they, as a group, would sort of do that, yeah? Yeah, their mom was, she's kind of a sick lady, you know, just uh, sad and, you know, a depressive and not mentally healthy. And she would play a lot of mind games with them mm. and make them, you know, she'd steal them in the middle of the night or make them leave the house or like, or they would just run away, you know, mm-hmm. she would tell a lot of lies to them about my dad mm. and... um like I remember my brother uh, setting up Trivial Pursuit for us. And when he got back from school, we were going to play Trivial Pursuit. And I was like, all right, you know, Jacob's going to play with me, you know. And we sit down and we um, set it all up and he goes to school. And like he never came back because wow. he fucking left. Wow. Yeah. And he was planning that the whole time. Yeah. Oh, he was? Like, yeah. He had his bus wow, ticket. That's, I'm like, fuck, bro. You didn't really, have to go the extra Yeah, mile. no kidding. That's really like, he really created He's that like thing that we uh, that I have a fascination about with the sort of like abandoned ghost towns and stuff, which there aren't very many of anymore, but that idea of like that you just get up and leave and how surreal it is when something like that is uh, so unfinished. Yeah, and I didn't know you were go- that you were going to say like and he was planning that. That's so That's sick, right? It's well, it's he, they're all fucked it's up. It's a detail. It's definitely a detailed decision. Like this will make it seem even more like I'm not about to do what I'm going to do. It's exactly. very sure. It's very like and you're a little kid and you it won't, you know, yeah. like probably won't, you know, affect you or something. Yeah. Yeah. I guess aye, it was aye. a good decoy. Yeah. You know, I'm like Thumbs sitting there, Thumbs up. sitting there at the board game, like just looking at the clock, waiting for sort of almost like touch. You'll touch a pie piece for Oh no, we're not playing yeah, yet. No, no, it's no, any no. minute now. He's I'm gonna, gonna, let gonna him be pick. able to handle that pie piece. Oh yeah, yeah. And that was the one that was the closest to you in age, or was yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Oh boy, he was like my best friend and oh, my boy. my looked up to nemesis. And, oh yeah, at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Did and did they end up in Hawaii at all, or did all of that take place before that move? Because that's obviously a long way to go to be back and forth yeah for sure Oof. well uh the youngest one came with us to hawaii okay and um my dad got a job there because the only person to respond to his you know uh, inquiries or whatever was this dude that he had worked with in the 80s uh, my dad opened up the first um 24-hour crisis hotline in america oh wow with this guy and uh, a couple other people um from the hotline they were working at that's something. Yeah, pretty cool. That's a th- again, another thing where you go, somebody had to be the first. Somebody had to say, hey, why isn't there something somebody can always reach out to yeah. in a crisis? Yeah, yeah. I have wow, a lot of pioneers in fantastic. my family. Um, I wish I thought that way. Um, I really don't feel like I... I feel like I'm... Oh, yeah, I, I have like a lot of dreams. That and I wish I had of... thought of that, but I'm just—I don't feel I'm an inventor. Do you know what I mean? I am such an inventor. That's the thing. Good for you. I am such an inventor. I think but that's so great. I, really I admire that. I'm always inventing shit that's already been invented, or I'll invent it and I will never do anything about it. Yeah. But I have a couple ideas now. Oh, uh, that's great. I'm not gonna tell them. Yeah. To don't you, guys. you even say. But it. I'm never gonna do anything about it. And it's just gonna happen. That's <laughs> maybe the thing. one day. You never know. Maybe. Could be maybe. like there's a tipping point where there's one idea where you're like, this is it. Mm-hmm. This is the one I can't mm-hmm. sit on anymore. Yeah. And and it's that perfect storm where I've I bothered to do the research and I I think I might actually be. Oh my god. See now I'm getting anxiety. <laughs> 
I'm like, also I have no so pressure. many things to do. Also no, also no pressure as a non-inventor. No pressure <laughs> whatsoever. Um, I'll keep you updated. Yeah. So how was, how was moving there? Because that's, I'm listening to this podcast right now called Offshore. And it's this, it's a, it's a podcast uh, sort of about the voices and, and, and news of Hawaii. And, oh, I gotta um, check that out it's, too. It's really interesting. It's the first one. Now, mm, I think I've mentioned Aloha. this before. Welcome to Offshore well, Podcast. Here's the problem. It's a girl who's not from there who moved there. Oh, boy. Hennessy, I could talk to you all day long. I really am getting so sparked about all these different things. I have to push past her vote for voice. And I'm sure that's true. There are probably people who have listened to my podcast who've been like, Mm-mm, I can't stand her voice. I'm not gonna listen to it. And that's not something we can They're change or control. They're stupid and they hate women because you have a beautiful voice. Bless you. Yeah. No, some people do have an annoying voice. No, but it's, I like listening tough. to your voice. Well, that's the interesting thing about journalists who are journalists first who get into podcasting because I love podcasts. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 and I do think that it is a, I think that there is, um, this whole vocal fry thing, all of that kind of stuff. I've talked about on the podcast before. I really struggle with it because in the younger I, generation, in the younger gen- and the younger generation, and I struggle with it because I want to be that person who pushes past all that. And I, ha- I've I listened to all the episodes, and I and I think she's saying really interesting, important things. I'm going to do an impression, which also adds to me being disrespectful for. Her. She sort of, ha- and I'm never. I'll never be the person. It's a free podcast. I'm never going to be the person who writes her and says, "Hey, thanks for your free podcast. I find it really interesting. Change your voice." Like, I would <laughs> never do that because it would crush me if someone did that to me. It's okay, but it's like it's this sort of thing. Let me see if I can get there. Because the first few couple like minutes, I think to myself, I might. This might be the episode where I, I can't get through it, and I'm going to have to read a transcript. Oh yeah, it's this kind of thing. It's like, and he was in prison for five years, and that is what Hawaii is dealing with. It's really hard to be Hawaiian because there is so much racism in Hawaii. There's something about that's like, oh no, I I know what you're saying is important. She moved there recently? She's, I think she's a recent, I think you find out in one of the first episodes that she's a recent transplant. I don't know what color her skin is. I don't, but but it's interesting because she's talking to a lot of uh, natives and she's talking about really interesting stuff because she's, the first thing they did this first season was focusing on um, a very uh, controversial case of a um, special agent, like a like a Howley special agent who I think was on leave in Hawaii visiting friends who lived there who were also military based, and um, they he had been up you know he flew from the east coast didn't sleep didn't sleep then went out that night so he'd been up almost 24 hours he'd been drinking but the people on his side of the fence say that he that he only had a couple beers over a few hours and then a native man uh, he had an altercation with him in a mcdonald's mm. things got really heated the guy started beating him up and he shot him and killed him but he shot the Hawaiian. He shot the Hawaiian oh, and boy. killed him. Oh, and then boy. immediately tried to save him. Like immediately flipped it around and was trying to keep, keep him alive. Shit. And he has been. He was tried. He's been tried twice. He was tried and uh, had a hung jury. Then he was tried and found not guilty for murder, but a hung jury. At the very last minute, the judge introduced the idea of like reckless manslaughter. And was yeah. a hung jury for that. So now they're trying to try him. And it's been years now. They're trying to try him for reckless manslaughter. Like he didn't mean to murder him, but he did something reckless with a weapon and he died. Mm-hmm. And so this has been a huge dividing thing in Hawaii, particularly because there's an older case of a Hawaiian man who was murdered 
because a woman was raped. I feel like I'm doing all the talking on this podcast. God damn it. No, no I just no, want, no. but this is just like, if we were hanging out, this is what would happen. I'd be like, dude, I have to tell you this story about Hawaii. I love this. this so, the, so it's this, it's, it was a really old case where I think it was like in the twenties or thirties, um, a rich white couple in Hawaii, uh, she gets accosted and may or may not have been raped and says it was a group of native men when it turned out to be a white man but like that's you find that out way way later <laughs> I mean, and her her husband and a group of his friends murdered a guy that that she had said was the person who did it which he didn't do so and then that guy got off scot-free i remember went that. back to the navy it's a huge painful thing that um that 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 whole community has dealt with and so that has been dragged back out unsurprisingly because it's like here we go again this non-native white guy kills a native and he's getting off scot-free and it's because you know this is the racist tension that exists or the race the racial tension that exists in hawaii so she kind of but what's cool about it she goes in america she and in america and she and they go a lot into the fact that Hawaii is interesting because it's one of the only places in the United States where whites are a minority, or at least everyone's kind of around the same amount of people. Um, And so they experience racism the way most people who aren't white experience racism in on the mainland. And so there's a sort of like bemused comment of like, you know, they're really not getting treated any differently than anybody who's not white in America, which is to say there might just be a slur that's tossed. It's not necessarily that you are going to be lynched or anything like that, but that it's just like you're different. So we tease you or we make jokes or we categ- we say all whites are like this and we don't really think that, but like that's just something culturally that we say and and that – um how always get so upset about it because they don't they've never experienced that whereas yeah. every other race is like welcome to the par- party like this is just what it's like uh, to not be a white person in america just send all the white people to hawaii for a week um yeah so i would like to hear your take on that not all at once <laughs> i would love to hear your take on that because of course when people go to hawaii they sort of experience it as like it's a cultural melting pot and i you know look at everyone living in harmony together and look at this beautiful pacific island culture that we you know See at kill, the hotel. We killed and overthrew this you know yeah the, yeah. the king and queen of hawaii and uh, yeah oh. so uh, for your experience moving there as a child and then being in kind of a minority yeah how was that like what what was your experience of hawaii Did well you- i was definitely a minority uh in the town i grew up i was the only white kid at my school um and the thing it is a melting pot of like asian people <laughs> you know because um, you have a like chinese japanese yeah chinese Pacific japanese Island. hawaiian samoan tongan filipino um you know, yeah, all the kind of Pacific Rim imports. And um, <clears throat> so lots of different cultures, lots of awesome food. And watch, like, I'm st- I can hear my pigeon coming out already. <laughs> Bring it. Fuck. Bring it. Uh-huh. I took voice and speech for years. <laughs> uh, I had no idea I had an accent when I came here. Um, but everyone thinks I'm from the Midwest. Really? Yeah, Interesting. Like, oh, are you people from think the I'm from the Midwest too. I'm from Arizona. I don't know why. I, like, and then uh, when people are from the Midwest, I don't know it unless they're from Chicago. Right? Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. all I got. Yeah, exactly. Unless they sound like they're from Michigan. Exactly. Um, 
the fuck were we talking about? You, uh, oh, you oh, right, being right, right, right. white in, uh, yeah, in your school and so stuff. So I went to Key Elementary School, and I was the only white kid, and I definitely was uh, the minority. And short kids are cruel. Um, I also, how, did you already know that you were quote unquote different in other ways? I mean, did you have, in terms of your gender identity, did you feel like? like i don't know if because when you're little you don't know again you don't know what's normal you don't know you sort of see what you see but you don't know how kids are internalizing what they're doing or experiencing i felt like i was dealt the wrong cards i felt like fuck man just why couldn't i have been born a boy and you knew that pretty early on early early on because my 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 cousin my yeah yeah yeah. my brother yeah he's uh, by the way he's just had his surgery so which one he's packing oh nice yeah in san oh, francisco I, I want a dick pic yeah oh, oh i'm sure i can get you one. Oh I'm, yeah i've seen it oh you're yeah. getting one from me yeah, although yeah, all I've, of you are getting yeah. one from me i'm posting <laughs> it up online yeah it's been and tagging it's, janet varney uh, i'll take it no okay. he's yeah he's uh he's recovering now and it's been tough you know it's an incredibly intense operation where was his uh, um in san francisco cool uh but yeah it's definitely like it oh i'm sure he wouldn't mind if i shared this but um they uh teresa his wife took a video of it the doctor after julian came out of surgery of course my aunt wanted to know that he was okay and stuff and um and so she took a video of it but they he said what they had asked him to say to her which was um hi mary it's doctor i forgot his name uh i have good news it's a boy cute it was like that's so sweet it just felt for him like it completed something like nice. that's the words that should have been said when he was born that's really for him beautiful. and so oh, yeah it's really he should moving. do a one person show and call it it's a boy i know right Ugh. yeah so very very Maybe cool i'll do it very cool but yeah i can't i'm trying to remember if he if he i have to i've like we talked about it and then i now i've just sort of forgotten but i can't remember if he felt I feel like I really pressed him and said, like, did you feel the absence of a penis or did you know something? Did you feel something wasn't right? And I can't remember if and when he really was able to articulate to himself, like, I, I need, there's, I'm, this, there's something off, you know? I mean, I always felt my penis. So that was difficult for me growing up because I thought it was going to grow in. <clears throat> so yep. I was waiting for it to grow in because I, I have phantom limb syndrome in my uh, junk area, and I don't know. So uh, basically, I've done some research on on that and been in forums and other things with people that live with phantom limb syndrome. And uh, it's basically, you know, you feel your limb, even though it's not there. And I always felt my dick and balls and like, you know, always like knew where it was. I I have like series of oh, yeah, moments like that never kind of go away, you know, Um like I pull up my underwear and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I go to adjust and it's like, oh yeah, you know, I look in the mirror, it's like, oh yeah, you know, just kind of things that I've learned to live with. Uh, Have you had, because that's, because, because, and I hope everyone has realized this by now, but this idea of like, all transgender people feel the same, like they all feel the same or they all, you know, which is wildly not true. Did you, do you have, do you have, have you had conversations with trans folks who have phantom limb envy who are like, I wish I felt my dick and balls the way you do. Like that's so much more visceral than the way I've experienced it. Or um, I have that- met other trans dudes that 
were also born with the same thing as me. Like, but have you, you had have someone... that mapping in the brain? I haven't had anyone with phantom I just, penis. Because I, I don't know. I don't know. But I just, I, I could just, I just wonder. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm taking because I feel like I'm fairly empathetic. Also, I've had like wonderful dreams where I've had a penis, and I don't wake up going, "Freud was right. I wish I had a penis because I wish I had the power of a man." Oh. Like where all my it's dreams like, have a dick. I see. I think that's another thing where I would wonder if. So I just wonder if somebody uh, who doesn't have that would think, "What a gift!" <laughs> I'm gonna have dreams I know, tonight. I no, know but it. like, do you know what I'm saying? I just wonder. Yeah. I wonder if there's. I wonder if that's out there. Is that somebody who hasn't had that experience and feels like that is that somehow you are closer to having the experience than somebody who doesn't experience that? Whereas, like, I'm sure there's tremendous downsides to it also if not all that you know it's just all it's all so different to me but i'm so curious and and fascinated by it as i'm sure many people are if they're not yeah i mean no one's told me that they've you know wish they had that also that i've shared that with but um i've definitely struggled with it being i mean that seems like to me a it would huge be frustration like, yeah absolutely. and also you know to now I think I'm more grateful for it now uh, because I understand it more. And, um, you know, some people actually have phantom limb syndrome in their dick and balls uh, who are not trans too uh, because it's, it's a mapping in your brain. You know, it just that for that area is developed. And yet, you know, the thing is our, our genitals are not so different from males and females. Uh, Either the two sacks drop and become balls or they stay up there and they remain ovaries. Yeah. You know, and either, you know, you're, it glo- grows into a penis, you know, with foreskin or it remains kind of a clip with a hood. Yeah. You know, it's all I very I think that's similar. a great thing. Do you, you, do you feel like that's something that gets communicated to... Because that's such a nice simplification. I mean, it's not a simplification. But it's like, it's it a, a, it's a truth. But, but I mean, it's like, that's a nice way of all the different ways that one has to address this kind of stuff with someone who has no understanding of it or is afraid of it or thinks they hate it or whatever. I've to sort come of go, from all of those yeah, places yeah, yeah, is the yeah, thing. Yeah. So I, I need to reconcile to myself what this is. I need proof for myself, you know, because you feel crazy sometimes, you yeah. know, uh, like what the fuck? How could this even like, you know, be a thing you know but you've got this spectrum of okay so like in the first i've learned in the first half of pregnancy your body is formed um your genitals you know your fingers and toes and your you know whatever your your physical traits and in the second half of pregnancy that's when your endocrine system is formed which basically forms your personality your gender your traits you know uh, your nervous system and everything like that, you know, kind of connects everything together. So the body is formed before the person, really, you know. And it, it boils down to a surge of testosterone uh, in the womb, okay? Makes a male brain or a female brain or something in the middle. Uh, usually there's a bigger surge after the uh, sacs drop into balls. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mine, you know stayed up there and had this, you know, similar surge. Now there's something in the middle called intersexed. Okay. We've got transgender, which is, you know, I got more testosterone 
to where I was developed as a male, uh, even though I'm female sexed, right? And mm-hmm. female bodied, okay. Then you have, uh, so that's trans, because it's trans, uh, it's like a transformer, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. from male to female or female, you know, to male, sort of. Your, your gender's different from your sex. All right. So then you have intersexed, which did you know that there are more recorded cases of intersexed people than there are Jews? In really? The, in the world. I didn't know that. Yeah. My, my co-host, Judy Gold, would be like, that's because they killed us all. <laughs> which is probably true and an yeah. unfortunate fact, but um, still a fact. Now, intersex just means that your genitals don't match a cisgender, which is the next thing. So there's trans, intersexed, cis, which basically uh, you're a cisgender woman. You were born a woman. You look like what we classify a woman, okay? Intersex is anything in between. Mm-hmm. So maybe one thing stays an ovary and one drops into a ball. Maybe you have, you know, you're born with one ball. Maybe you're born with a mound and a vagina. Maybe you're born with a vagina and balls or a dick and ovaries or any variation of the sort. Yeah. Uh, that is intersex. And that happens far way more often than we even realize now. Well, yeah, because that's a situation where decisions get made. Yeah. Right? For you, they give yeah. them for your parents you or like they, 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 somebody comes to a parent and says like, all right, here's what we're dealing with. And then Which later you on, want? <laughs> exactly. But Which later- is a terrible decision for parents to make. I mean, no, no parent plans to go, I guess I'll make it a boy. Well, they shouldn't. That you know? shouldn't be their yeah. decision to make. Yeah. You know? Well, but, that's, uh, yeah, it's just a product of, I was just thinking about this before you came over. I was going back to thinking about, you know, which is something that comes up a lot just because it's a, some, a big focus in my life because of my family, but just that idea of like, and this is the other thing I was going to say about you being empathetic is what a, hopefully what a gift to you to be able to put yourself in someone else's shoes when it comes to somebody who is unwilling to or unable to accept stuff it's like it's i would rather feel like i could see why someone would think that than to just turn around and hate right back do you know what i mean it feels better for me to go well this is the community you grew up in. These are the parents you had. This is what scares you. This is why you don't understand why this doesn't hurt you. I got to, you know, how can I get in there instead of just being like, I want to push you off a building. Right. Which also I have the impulse to do sometimes, you know, but it's like how. And so I think because Julian's very empathetic, too. And so he really comes from this place of like, I don't ex- I'm, I'm not angry. I don't expect everybody to suddenly go. Sounds good, everybody. You know, like, sounds great. Like, I understand that this is a process. And I understand that um, for me, I don't, f- you know, I would rather get at it in this way than come at it from an angry place or what have you. But sure. And know. that's why I learned, you know, kind of what transgender is on a cellular level, you know, because I just feel like when you can break it down into a tangible, you know, like, how does well, this actually like, happen? Hey, yeah, exactly. Right. And it's, it's like, a medical you, are you going to go uh, like that? Uh, someone has down syndrome. Someone has a uh, panic disorder. Someone has, I mean, some of that's environmental, some of it's not, but like, there are very specific things that happen someone to your chromosomes. That's absolutely an extra toe. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I used to think of it as a deformity, but really, you know, I just think where we're at in society, in our modern society in America, uh, you know, it's you. You can't live a normal life unless you're a cisgender person. When did you? 
you had you you knew from being a child that you because you felt the presence of genitals that you could not look down and see when did you start to have your mind open to the idea that this was something could be talked about or could be you would meet somebody who also felt that way like how much of that came out of you into the world and when well when i was little like i used to talk about you know when i'm a big boy i'm gonna blah 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 and everyone you know thought it was cute so they you know nobody corrected me uh, sort of whatever that means i mean i was a boy but people thought i was but a tomboy that's what i'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah. that's so, how people would have classified you yeah and i loved that because i had boy in it right yeah absolutely closest 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 to being can called get. A boy. and um but i knew i felt embarrassed when they would put me in the girls line of school and i didn't really understand why uh my buddy michael i remember uh who's dead now um but michael slagle my boy uh he taught me how to pee standing up uh for when it did grow in and it was around the time I was six or seven when I realized that that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. And then, uh, and then we upped and moved to Maui, right? But that empathy that you were talking about of, of understanding where people are coming from, like, uh, yeah, I definitely understand. Oh, that helped me get through being the only white kid, too, in Hawaii. Because the thing is, like, for it, – it's not just – an unfounded racism based on a minority majority thing. The Hawaiians are not like that. Um, it is a historical, I am the, a visual representation of a people that overtook their land and um, without, you know, their permission and against yeah, their will we made feel? them into a... How would we feel right. if somebody who looked different from us, never mind if they do or don't, but like, let's pretend for a second that they also look different from us. Not only are they coming in and changing everything about our lives, but they also happen to not look like us. How is that not going to affect you emotionally? And how is that not going to ingrain itself in and some you way? you see people just coming and taking advantage of your resources and not really being sensitive to you know the culture the people which is so important to the hawaiian people you know is the culture and like the hawaiians like we you know they will grow up with a sunset like an incredible sunset their whole lives but they will always look at it their whole lives and understand how lucky they are to you know what i mean like they value the land and and each other and it's like you know it's still very much a a tribal feeling there which I, you know, was not a part of, you know, and I am a foreigner in this land. Uh, and, uh, you know, so there was, yeah, there was that, like, I'm the only white kid in school. So there was that, but it was also trickling down from their parents, you sure, know, sure. and their parents, parents, and their parents, parents who, who got, you know, got kicked out of their position in their homes, you know, and, and, uh, in their land. So, I think knowing that made me understand where the hostility came from. Uh, I could understand why people wanted to fight me. Because uh, it's hard because we all do this, right? I mean, it, anybody who is a uh, – that's the whole white guilt thing, right? It's like if you're a white liberal in America or whatever. This, but there's this – 
you there's this thing that keeps recurring where people are like but it's not my fault i can't change it i didn't keep slaves i'm here I now never had you know that. what i'm saying but yeah. like and so that's that's the struggle that i think people bump up against it's the struggle that white men who are liberal in america struggle with which is like please don't say i voted for donald trump just because i look like i look you know these sort of ideas of like people feeling frustrated on the other side and oh, how yeah. do you address that and i think you addressed it beautifully which is to say like you you i understand all of that we still have our like we just have to be compassionate because we can't change the cultural climate that we live in and it just wasn't long enough ago that you get to you know bump up and against someone else's chest and go like this isn't my fault oh absolutely no 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 we got to be able to listen to each other and not take it personally if someone is yelling at us because that yelling is not necessarily a personal thing it's coming from you know years and years and years and decades of oppression and you know and and your dna has memory and it's like let's just kind of let's just listen to each other you know i think that's just that could solve a lot of problems as I'm going to get micro for a second, as the only white kid at your school, did that remain true in high school or did that b- open up a little bit? Well, you know, I mean, I was supposed to go to Maui High, which was I would have also been the only white kid there probably or just one of a few. Yeah. Uh, and it was a rough school. It was kind of, you know, it was a rough school. Yeah. <laughs> a I, lot like the yeah. schools I'd been going to, the middle school and the elementary school I'd been going to. Uh, but, you know, like now there's hormones involved. And mm. I I was not looking forward to that. So I got a geographic exception to go to Baldwin High School, which was very much a... I mean, it wasn't, you know, but it was a theater school. You know, it had uh, a really incredible program. And um, I, you know, I had been... I actually got really involved in my... Um, canoe club in a canoe hawaiian canoe team uh kihei canoe club actually before this and i was paddling a lot i was dancing hula and speaking hawaiian and like really immersed myself in um you know the culture of hawaii and everything and uh this took me out of all of that and just like you know put me straight into just like doing theater all the time you know all the time like in between classes after school whatever you know it's like i was always busy and it was so great you know and i had so many so much diversity around me that i wasn't used to you know and there were like white people and there were asian people and there were there i think there was a black person um (laughs) and it was like a it was a breath of fresh air and uh, i met some of my best friends even now to this day you know there yeah and uh, yeah, it was great for me, you know, and I always, you know, would come back <clears throat> to the Hawaiian culture and I, I don't, you know, it's really like shaped and grown me and, and also made me, uh, given me, a, I think, a white guilt, if you want to call it, mm-hmm. that's very different from the white people on the mainland uh, that I've met. Like it's, I don't identify with white people here and uh, I don't feel like I can talk about growing up a minority here um, because I'm white, you know, I don't look forward to being a straight white male. Like that is not a choice that I would make. I think that women are far more evolved. They've had to evolve um, further than men. I really need you to meet Julian. I feel like you guys are going to be two peas in a pod. Oh yeah, I would love to that's, meet him. Like, it's so funny because he doesn't people live say, here, does he? No, he lives in Arizona. Okay, okay. Um, but he, yeah, just the idea of like, 
you know, I I've had people Arizona. say, I've had people say like, and it's a legitimate question, like, hey, so your cousin who, by virtue of having to have some community that he felt slightly more at home than a cis, you know, than a normal community, however you want to look at it, being a lesbian and being part of a gay community, uh, well, now he, he could just be, they could be just a straight white couple, right? You know, I mean, she's not 100% white, but anyway, that, you know, he could, like, they could just be in that, like, that could be their story or whatever if you want. And, like, that's just not who, you know, their it's community not, is, yeah. is trans. But it's, it's, a, it's, that's all very interesting, too. And again, it's like, okay, now you're a straight white male. Yeah. Like, I mean, what does that mean? You know, and well, it doesn't, it doesn't have to mean anything more than anything else means anything that's well, it just means a label. A lot to but, me. It means that I have a huge, uh, I think I have a a big responsibility um, appearing as such uh, to, you know, as I continue on with hormone therapy, as I, you know, look more like a cis male uh, right now, you know, people just think I'm a a lesbian probably. Um, Oh, I feel a a need to be a a positive ally. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, a public, like, to speak out for queer people and women and just to be a visual ally of, you know, a majoritized mm-hmm. um, majority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That totally makes sense. <laughs> that, that uh, you know, very much does is is really, like, fighting back you know, against our evolution, you know, mm-hmm. even though they don't realize it is not malicious. I don't think, you know, yeah. I don't think that men are bad. I think that, you know, our society is just learning, you know, what is real and Wait, what look, is not. People it, it's are, just an if ego you are drop. a person who hasn't had to, I get it. I mean, that's again, this, the whole Trump thing, I'm not going to like, already i can't believe how little i've been able to talk about your high school years thank god we've stuck some of it in there but i can't already i'm already telling you like uh, people have gotten started to get as the years have gone by more and more vocal about when they're dissatisfied that not enough has been said and they're like we need a second episode Uh so just prepare to put that on the books um but the the whole trump thing like again this american life i think they did a great job of uh, talking to people and and i think they really made an effort to say we are going to actively particularly zoe chase i've talked about her before i think she's a great reporter Mm. uh, is clearly an empath is clearly a people person clearly very curious about people in uh a sort of like how do i help us all understand each other kind of way um which I guess is its own kind of bias, but like it's a bias I strongly approve of. Uh, but going out to these to these places where she's actively seeking out people who are voting for Trump, who clearly ha- did, uh, and trying to understand it and trying to put it in a, a, a way that hopefully liberal people, because I'm sure they know that that's who listens to their podcast, uh, can understand. And there's a one, I think I've talked about this before, but I'm just telling you because I want you to know that there's this one thing where this she's talking to this community of people I think it might have been Michigan or someplace close by, um, Minnesota maybe, uh, where these like really nice middle class to lower middle class, maybe even white communities are all these Somalians are coming in and they feel like their way of life is being drastically affected and drastically altered by these Somalian refugees who have come in and are making communities in their town. Let them make you food. 
that's I mean let them make yeah you and that like this this Congress like this guy came in who bless his heart I think he was even Republican and he just like lost his shit and was like I what I hear you telling me is that you want to ban people who are different from you from coming in for a while and I'm gonna tell you right now that's not what America was built on and that's not what's gonna happen mm. but it really gave him pause because he was like I know these people I know these constituents and they are good people but they're real uncomfortable. And so yeah. I talked about this on podcast before, but I started trying to imagine like, what would it be like if a culture, a completely culturally different, like, different group came into my neighborhood, started playing music loud because they play music loud. There's, that's just different from me. Or, you know, d- d- uprooted all the trees because culturally for them, they, they, they don't like trees. And so that's all concrete or whatever, whatever uh, it feels right to that community. I would be really unhappy. Yeah. And I don't want to think I'm that person. I want to be like, listen, every person, l- listen, let's all live together in harmony. But like when I think about my, and so that's really where I've had to go with it is like if people feel very, like what makes them feel comfortable, safe, happy, that doesn't mean that they, it doesn't mean that they need to have a gun under their pillow or maybe it does. It doesn't mean that they don't, because, th- because that family consistently, sa- the, or that group of people consistently said, we are, we, I this you know this woman who's like I don't feel like I don't it's not that I don't like black people I promise you it's not racist it's just uncomfortable it's just culturally they just feel you know and, and so we're still like, human okay. you know and yeah. we're still like so close to our like we're we have a need to be tribal you know to be safe we've got this animal urge to stick to things that are like us right like I'm very blessed I feel because. Okay, so even though I was, you know, a little trans kid growing up, that was really put on the back burner uh, because of me being the only white kid, really. Yeah. Like, that was my major sort of vault yeah. or thing to get around. Um, Certainly, it's the most immediate and external, right? It's like, that's right. undeniable. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I'm fortunate in a lot of ways because I don't have that... Well... I feel real uncomfortable around a lot of white people, to be honest. Like, if I'm just, I'm I'm in a room full of white, which happens a lot. Uh, I was such, it was crazy being the majority for the first time, like, consistently. Uh, yeah, it feels very unnatural to me. I I feel like I can't trust anyone there it's weird I i've got know. this crazy i like, don't feel i mean i don't i i'm uncomfortable with having grown more comfortable with it because that's this uh, i mean like i think and that's why i think it's so important because that we're talking about chill, children i mean that's why i think magnet schools are so important that's why i think public schooling is so important because i love the i like i understand the idea of privatized education but i don't i can't get to the place in my head where i feel like everyone's going to provide for everyone who doesn't look like them. Right. And so, but I feel like it's vitally important for kids to all go to school together. I just feel like, because I, I I know I I wouldn't be the person I am if I weren't, if I hadn't been in such a melting pot when I, or at least one where I was not surrounded by kids who look like me. I just know that was important, even in ways I wouldn't have been able to articulate then and maybe can't now. I just know it was important. I agree. I I agree. You're you're a citizen of the world. And it's when you know? you're a kid that that stuff gets ingrained. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot ingrained 
I'm <laughs> uh, sorry for everything always. Um, <laughs> I know. Oh, but oh, the the way to feel safe, I feel like when that starts to happen, when you start to be introduced to people that you don't understand and that you may disagree with, I feel like the only way to um, really feel safe in that situation is to like put yourself in a very unsafe feeling mode and uh, be the bigger man, so to speak, and just uh, introduce yourself, you know, introduce yourself, bring a piece of your culture to them, invite them into your circle, you know, you don't have to have much a house every day, but I feel as though like, hey, I know, you, you know, it's like turning the other cheek, so to speak, you know, uh, if you want to talk about, you know, in Christian lingo, I. Uh, I feel as though, you know, they're pumping their loud Somalian music over here. Go over there and be like, you know what? Um, the music is a little loud and we have to sleep, but I really love it. Would you mind, like, making me a, a mixtape? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and just inviting, just drawing a circle around them, you know what I mean, to in- include them. And that's what I've try to do with people that try to draw a circle to keep me out yeah you just draw a circle around them keep it's like the uh love and and just op empathy you know and trying to understand others is really the only way to fight all of this ridiculous uh you know quote power and you know trumpiness and i mean it's the only way to fight the powers that be that want us to be against each other yeah you know it makes us weaker and And when we can love each other it makes us stronger it's hard to love your enemy but to me for me personally it's even harder to hate them like that's just for me emotionally i cannot my body (sighs) cannot take that much anger and i know i have the capacity for it but i also know that either way it's hard either way it's hard for me it is harder to be pissed. It just is. And sometimes maybe I need to be more angry than I can get. Or sometimes mm. I need to stay angry to move something forward. Mm. And mm. that's maybe my, that's something I need to work on. But like, at the end of the day, ultimately, I feel like um, if I'm going to have to do some work, which clearly I am to become better or to be feel safe or to meet or to, you know, or to help heal and all that kind of shit. That that for me it is um, it's just harder. It may be easier initially to be angry, but it is fucking hard to stay in that place. Like if I feel like it shrivels up my insides, definitely to the cellular level. Oh, absolutely! It's like carrying a bucket of poison around that just keeps splashing on you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Did you? I got to get into this mash game. Uh, I could talk to you, <laughs> uh, but but let me ask you. Let, let me know, let me let me great. use this as a segue. But um, so in terms of uh, feelings that you had about having crushes on people and stuff, you're uh, one of the only white kids around. Period. Uh, for a while, you're the only white kid at your school. Did, did you? Um, did you like who did you have crushes on? Was it I just was in you love with in? one person? Yeah, and she was my buddy. Yeah, and she <laughs> she actually graduated a year before me, but I had done shows with her, you know, throughout. Um, and she went to the same school I did. Uh, her name was Leah Krieg. Leah Krieg. Her name. She is a still to this day one of the most talented people I've ever met. Incredible singer, incredible actor. Um, we're still great friends and she's my sister. Uh, she sang, um, me and my wife Hamda down the aisle at our wedding 
And uh, yeah, I, she was the only one for me. Uh, I felt as though she was a safe person, someone I could really like. I just want to make crush sure. on and focus my all my teenage, you know, angst and hormones on that I wasn't really allowed to have or show or experience. I I could you know kind of just focus them on her and kind of just you know in my diary or whatever the fuck journal. Um, make sure it's, it's a journal guys keep journals um it was lisa frank with a lock on it but it was a journal <laughs> it was a goddamn <laughs> the word diary sounds like diarrhea to me so it it's actually for too. a different reason that i don't like it <laughs> i always felt bad every time i say diary I, I i hear splat that's right um so she, she was so cool and uh i just felt like if she ever found out she wouldn't stop being my friend and uh you know she was extremely talented and i'm attracted to talent and talented people and and just um beautiful she's beautiful like she is she's gorgeous uh so i just she was an easy uh person to be able to kind of focus my energy on what what about um and, and i knew she wouldn't yeah disappear you know yeah yeah absolutely what and then what about um just total fantasy world like watching movies and television shows like did you have the people that really jumped out at you that you're like that's my jam uh <laughs> yeah okay so deanna troy from star trek yeah sure um i was in love with her uh becky from roseanne i see a little henda and uh oh my troy. are you kidding me they're yeah. fucking they're <laughs> identical you. twins good job you i'm like how did I, I promise? I made my dream this come true. A How fetish. did this happen? Yeah, right. <laughs> ah, that's great. Deanna Troy. Fetish. Okay, Deanna Troy. Who else were you saying? Sorry, I got excited. Oh, about that. Becky from Roseanne. Okay, all right. Uh, yeah, which Lisey Gorenson. She's like my friend now, so it's like weird to say that. Sorry, buddy. I think she's probably totally fine with it. Uh, right? She loves it. Yeah. She probably loves it. Yeah. You love it. Yeah, she loves it. Um, but yeah, I had a big crush likes, on her. Who hates being told I have a crush on you? I thought you're the jam. Like right? I just can't. Oh, well, Janet, you I have gotta. a crush on you. Oh, I mean, I'm knows. <laughs> um, what what else? Uh, let's see. Who else did I? My the first person I I ever like yoinked it to, but this wasn't in high school. This was like, oh, I started early. Like, yeah, was Jessica Rabbit from uh, Roger Rabbit? Uh, one of my recent guests ended up with Jessica Rabbit. What a girl that I uh, wouldn't have even thought would throw Jessica Rabbit into the mix ended up with Jessica Rabbit. What you could mean? say Jessica Rabbit on my MASH game. Oh, really? That was an an- that was an answer for yeah. uh, who you went up with. And Jessica <laughs> Rabbit great. got in. The nice thing is in, uh, these are all <laughs> multiple alternate universes, so uh, she could really get around nice. uh, in a good way. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start with that. I'm gonna Patty start with cake. That. Give me three. This So we're going into MASH. Give me three uh, people that you could either just be kind of for sexy times or it can be like alternate universe verse uh companion um three and it, it could be characters like that mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, it, like mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be like an actor or a whatever okay um okay three sexy time people let me think it's th- that's like one of those questions like what are your what's your favorite you know song i know 
There's get so ready for a series of this people. because that's all it's going to be is you picking three of something that you have to pick on the once I get start once I get okay all right immediately okay I'm gonna say um I'm gonna say can I can I still pick Deanna Troy yes of course okay I was trying to not pick the no, same no, things no 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 this is your game you get to you get to pick okay I'm gonna say Deanna Troy yeah the, ca- the you don't have to give any answer that you think someone else would want you to say you can say whatever you want okay I'm also gonna say um Punky Brewster amazing. And I'm also going to say Left Eye Lopez. Can I just say her little pert red lips? Right. What a tease. I know. Shout out to Punky. (laughs) Oh, oh, Punky. (laughs) Uh, And Lisa Left Eye Lopez. Great. Great. Great, great, great. Okay. Uh, let's do let's do uh, okay now now my Jesus are now you're now you're warmed up let's do uh, let's do vacation homes but let's do sort of mythical places so Mm -hmm, it's not mm -hmm. Greece it's someplace from Harry Potter or anything like that just sort of alternate realms Mm -hmm. Um, okay so uh, a a big tree house yeah great in a forest great yeah Um, three right okay Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. also uh a beach house on an island somewhere where there's like a lot of dolphins. <laughs> okay, great. Dolphin Island. Great. <laughs> Dolphin Island. Okay. And then uh, my third one is a cabin okay. in a wintry place with a... Uh, I like these because these are post. so vague that they could be in an alternate universe uh, fantasy world or they could just be somewhere here, but it's unnamed. Yeah, like Narnia, Narnia it. for the yeah. third one. I, no, no, no. I actually really like that. Yeah. I really like that it's open to interpretation. Um, okay. Next one is uh, let's do. And by the way, this is not something that I save for trans. Switch bodies. Live a day as three other people see what it feels like um okay i would live a day as uh one would be as rupaul amazing um one would be as uh rachel ray great (laughs) (laughs) i just want i just want to know how to do all the things (laughs) so i want to have a cooking show and uh one would be Oh, who's that? Um, uh, what's his name? Red from Fraggle Rock. Uh, Red from Fraggle it's Rock. It's Red, right? I was gonna say I don't know if I know a whole yeah. name, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Fraggle. I love the idea of being a Fraggle. Yeah, great. Okay, check out the doozers. Check, <laughs> check out the doozers. God, they're so cute. All right, uh, next one is uh, three skills that you wake up with tomorrow that you sort of downloaded Matrix style. Like suddenly you're great. I mean, it could be a superhero skill, but it could also just be like you could fix any computer or you can, you know what I mean? You know how to, whatever. Mm-hmm. I could morph from female to male and back. I mean, that seems like a good, I mean, I sort of wish I could do that. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? Um, I can make joints come out of my fingers. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it so much. And uh, I can make dollars come out of my sleeve. Great. Great. That one's good because it's almost just like you're a good magician. But yeah. in this case, it, it's real and spendable. Anything green. It's great. It's great. Okay. Uh, next category is um, uh, let's do uh, 
let's do a fictional best friend and it could be um, a character from something that's not real at all or it could be someone who is real and alive or could be someone who was alive and is not alive any longer but that's somebody that you could hang out with just chill out with that you love and respect who also is like loves you um uh, okay i would say um my fictional best friend would be sam from clarissa explains it all amazing I need two more. Oh, right. Uh, sorry about that. Um, no problem. My other fictional best friend would be um, the thing. And which who else thing? The th- the the thing. The big rock guy. Oh, the thing. Yeah. My God. Sorry. I was like John Carpenter's the thing. Oh no. <laughs> no no no. Not that one. <laughs> How does he laugh? <laughs> Um, okay, and uh, and uh, the other one would be um, the character that John Wayne plays in all the spaghetti westerns. Great, John Wayne cowboy, but not John Wayne himself. Yeah, John Wayne cowboy character. Yep, those would be my buddies. Okay, great. Uh, next category is um, let's do three. Like you're, you get to sort of. L- alternate universe live your life like as if it's a movie directed by in three like what like a stylized version of your life that would just be awesome and safe like i don't care if it's us you know everyone gets blown up like in this in this world it's safe okay 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 um but directed by kind of you know that style it's like oh my david lynch life or Ah, my quentin tarantino life okay i would have um my uh uh charlie chaplin nice nice um, one would have to be a musical. Great. A pop musical. Great. Um, and the <laughs> pop rock. And the other one, uh, would be a, a sexy thriller. Ooh, I love it. I love it. Um, God, I guess I want mine to be more. I didn't realize how much I wanted my life to be a sexy thriller until you just said that. And right? now I realize that's what I want 24 mm-hmm. 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And then uh, last uh, category is three foods that uh, are, have no negative physical ramifications on you in this world, in fact, are nutritious uh, that you can have at the snap of your fingers. And it could be as specific as this one kind of cupcake you love, or it could be as general as, you know, pizza. Okay. Oh, fuck. Mm, pizza's a good one, but fuck. All right, I'm gonna say pizza. I'm gonna it's say pizza. God so very good. Does everybody say that? Um, I'll it's very say, common, but I would say it. Hundred percent, say it. Okay, okay. It's a perfect food, right? Uh, malasadas, which are a Filipino donut, ooh, which is amazing, uh, and mac and cheese with hot dogs. Oh, get the hot dog. Yeah, that's my trailer trash side. Oh. Yeah, I eat a lot of Stouffer's mac and cheese. That was my dad's Delicious. freezer brand of choice. Oh, yeah. Pretty good. Oh, yeah. I had uh, My parents were working, you know, so I was home yeah. alone a lot. So I had like every yeah. Stouffer's. Your delicious microwave choices. Oh, yeah. Do you like the um, crispy cheese when it kind of gets burnt or do you like the Yeah, the more part? burnt, the better. Agreed. Yeah. I still want texture. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to gum my food. So I still right. need some chew in there. Yeah, yeah. Those burnt um, corners, you scrape yeah. them off. Ugh. I'll right. burn cheese in a pan and eat it. I 100% will too. Nice. Listen, I'm not above heating up a pizza in the oven and then as some cheese drips down, scraping it with a spatula and just getting it right into my mouth as quickly ah. as possible. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'm going to do that little thing whereby I determine um, your answers. So you just tell me when mm-hmm. to stop. 
sooner than later. Stop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I'm going to pause this. I was pushing this, this it. feels like maybe one of those times when I'm going to pee while I figure this out. Okay. Uh, and uh, I'm going to come back with your 100% guaranteed mash future. Okay. I'm stoked. Very pleased. I feel very sure you will be too. We. Number one, listen. If you had anything but a shack in your treehouse forest kind of world, it would crash to the ground. So I want to reassure you that even though you got a shack, that's what you need to be in a treehouse, I think. Like, if you're in a mansion in a treehouse, you're not even, like, enjoying the trees. Oh, yeah. No. So that's the combination that you got, and I feel very comfortable with it. Okay, I'm good with Beautiful that. Beautiful treehouse. Um, uh, second, uh, endless pizza. Oh, endless pizza in that treehouse. God. Endless pizza in that treehouse. The next thing, and this sort of works for me, too, is uh, that you get to experience being uh, red from Fraggle Rock. Which also sort of fits in with all of this. Like, I like the idea of you being able to be under the ground, uh, mm-hmm. from all the way underground to all. The- How do we like this? From all the way underground to all the way uh, up into the trees. I have like a sweater snag here that is drastically affecting my ability as a podcaster. Okay, <laughs> um, I just got hot. Ugh. Okay. Uh, okay, so Fraggle Rock. Then uh, keeping in line with the sort of fantastic creatures, uh, uh, your best friend, the thing. Mm-hmm. Which also, that makes sense. It's like, oh, he can just like scoop you and like toss you into your treehouse. Absolutely. Uh, fantastic. Yeah, he won't be able to come up in, in it, though. Yeah, I guess that's... Yeah. He's going to be nearby. Sorry, thing. Um, he can perch somewhere nearby. Yeah, right. Uh, you... E- I'll tell you one of the other reasons he loves you is that you can uh, make joints come out of your fingers. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's a win. Oh, yeah. That's a major, major win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how Uh, how we met. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. And uh, and this does not surprise me at all. Uh, The combination of your life being a sexy thriller starring you and Dana Troy oh absolutely pretty fucking awesome star trek the only generation well done well done that my friend is your uh mash future i think you i'm came really out happy with in that really good shape yeah I'm that's really a lot of great stuff that. uh thank you so much for doing the podcast i'm so happy you. you got to do an episode two there's no question about it um please tell everyone where they can find you appreciate you uh tell us about your podcast with judy etc oh uh well i have a podcast with judy gold called kill me now and that is on the play it network um but you can find it anywhere on spotify itunes you perfect know, whatever and uh, i you can follow me on twitter and instagram and all those good things at hennessy howley that's hennessy spelled like the cognac h-e-n-n-e-s-s-y h-a-o-l-e h-a-o-l-e is how you write howley h-a-o that's right hennessy howley uh, Hennessy Holly on Twitter and yeah. um, and we are all uh, sending our very best to Chemda and if you, is the, you. They, they can they could continue to contribute I'm sure to medical fundraising kind of stuff if they wanted to oh, if they wanted I to I mean yeah I it's everything Anything all your helps. vibes thoughts dollars are all appreciated and have helped me be able to stay home take care of her and help us cover our hospital bills and it's been a a blessing that's fantastic and guys yeah if like for you know because because i uh don't really have uh, that i don't like fundraise really or anything if you um enjoy this podcast and you've thought to yourself like oh you know what 
I'd pay for this podcast from time to time or whatever, or you feel like you want to put that um, towards Hamda, that would be very welcome as well. If you're like, hey, I love the JV Club, uh, I'm going to send 20 bucks to uh, Hennessy and, and Hamda. That that wouldn't be uh, the worst thing in the world. I would certainly um, applaud that uh, very much. So uh, thank you so much. And uh, I'll talk to you next time on the podcast. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 